quite sharp, exerts a force of nearly 4,000 psi. Now, according to Scientific American, that's the figure that has come out, in an implosion caused by a defect in the hull or for some other reason, the submersible would collapse in on itself within milliseconds, crushed by the immense water pressure, and it will not take too long. In such an event, death would be virtually instantaneous for the occupants of the pressurized chamber. Now to give you a sense of just how frightening this would have been, when we speak about the deep ocean, it is dark. Mind you, it is not just dark, it is pitch dark. Sunlight does not reach that deep. Sunlight is very quickly absorbed by water and is unable to penetrate much deeper than about 1000 meters from the surface. The Titanic lies within a range, within a region known as the Midnight Zone. Navigating at this depth is a challenging task due to perpetual darkness and it's easy to become disoriented and on the seabed. You can imagine not being able to see anything around you. The deep ocean is scoured by underwater currents. Although usually not as strong as those found on the surface, the underwater currents can still involve the movement of large amounts of water. Now, in rare events, powerful sporadic currents can sweep away material on the seabed as well. Sudden flows of sediment along the seabed have been known to damage and even carry off objects on the ocean floor in the past. Now, for more on this, we were earlier joined by Professor James Bellingham from Washington, D.C., a renowned marine biologist who spoke extensively on the decompressive implosion that sealed the submarine's fate. Listen in. What happens uh, when, you, when you descend into the ocean inside a pressure vessel is uh, the water that you descend through uh, is building up pressure around you as you get deeper and deeper. So uh, for approximately every 10 meters you descend into the ocean, uh, you develop another uh, level of pressure equivalent to the uh, what we would call one atmosphere, the, atmos uh, the pressure of atmosphere uh, at, uh, at sea level. So by the time you reach a depth of 3,800 meters, uh, you, are, uh, you are surrounded by this pressure of 380 atmospheres, which is uh, approximately 5,400 pounds per square inch. So uh, that's a very am large amount of pressure pushing in on that pressure vessel at any given point. And so pressure vessels are designed uh, to be uh, you know, very uh, spherical and cylindrical in order to distribute all of those stresses evenly through the, through the material of the pressure vessel. And uh, that's how they succeed in, uh, in uh, retaining their integrity down to great depths. The grim news of Titan's submersible tearing into pieces due to an implosion has triggered a barrage of reactions from around the world. Not only the victim's family are mourning, but filmmaker James Cameron has also expressed grief over the incident. Cameron on Thursday said he wishes that he had sounded an alarm over the submersible before it set off for a voyage to the Titanic's wreck. The filmmaker, who is also a keen ocean explorer himself, claims that he had found that craft's design was risky, but he chose to remain silent as he had never experimented really with it. The technology involved in making the submersible. So Ocean Gate shouldn't have been doing what it was doing. 
I wish I had been more vocal about that, but I think I was unaware that they weren't certified uh, because I wasn't really studying it. I wish I'd spoken up, you know, but I, I assumed somebody was smarter than me, you know, because I never experimented with that technology. The director of the Oscar-winning film, The Titanic, also claimed that several warnings were ignored about the safety of the submersible. Cameron said that this had been the source of widespread concern in the close-knit ocean exploration community. There was a lot of concern about this outfit and this sub. A lot of concern, even to the extent that I wasn't involved in it because I was making Avatar 2 at the time, but a lot of them got together and wrote a letter to, uh, to OceanGate and said, you have to certify. You cannot take people down. It's irresponsible. And it could lead to catastrophe. Literally, the word catastrophe is in the letter. And I think that letter has been made public, although signatories have come off. Meanwhile, families of the victims issued statements on the incident. Some of these thanked the international rescue operators for doing all that they could. The five on board, the missing submersible, which of course imploded, included the British billionaire and explorer Hamish Harding, Pakistani British business magnate Shahzada Daoud, and his 19-year-old son Suleiman, French oceanographer and Titanic expert Paul Henry Nargulet, and Stockton Rush, the American founder and chief executive of OceanGate, who was piloting the submersible. The UK and Pakistan also expressed grief over the incident, taking to Twitter, British Foreign Minister James Cleverly offered condolences and said that the government was supporting the families of the victims. Pakistan's Foreign Ministry expressed anguish through a tweet for the family of the Pakistan-origin father-son due and appreciated the multinational rescue operation. Strong reactions were also witnessed in New York's Times Square, It's a tragedy, it is early tragedy, but I think um, it was highlighted uh, because basically there was a certain group of people that chose to go on that trip and probably it gets a little bit more media attention than the usual disasters that happen out there in the sea. That's what I think. It was very sad. It was just a thousand that we have today. Uh, they should have found those people. They should have brought them up, you know. They should have sent another one down there because they have, you know, the equipment, you know, the United States. The company OceanGate Expeditions has been carrying out such voyages to the shipwreck of the Titanic since 2021. It charges $250,000 for the trip. But this is in incident has raised questions on how safe it is to dive deep into such oceanic depths. The massive international search for five people aboard a missing serviceable has come to a grim end. An unmanned deep-sea robot discovered debris near the century-old wreck of the Titanic. Rescue teams from several countries have spent days searching thousands of square miles of open seas. United States, Canada, France and others have deployed planes and ships for the operation. Now, for more on this development, we are being joined by Per Zimmer from London. He's an astronaut and also an author. Thanks for joining us, Per. You're welcome. Now, it is being believed that shortly after the dive, there was a catastrophic implosion that then led to the disintegration of the entire sub. If you could break it down further for us, how does an explosion like this take place? Yes, so what is most likely to have happened based on this information
information we know now is that the submersible would have gone down about an hour and 45 minutes uh, from the surface. Translate that into about 2,500 meters or so. The pressure outside from the water must have been too much for the submersible to handle. The submersible is made out of uh, composite material, uh, carbon fiber, and uh, there has been some debate about whether it was strong enough to withstand these kind of enormous pressures, and clearly it wasn't, uh, so it imploded. Uh, so it, it broke, and very, very quickly the whole thing got squashed, um, and then eventually fall, fell down to the uh, seabed. Uh, that's the most likely um, uh, scenario that, that based on what we know now. Right, we're also receiving a lot of old formal letters or videos and reports of how the submersible plan was not pulled through. There were safety concerns with the design and the use of copper at a depth of 12,500 feet, which you also briefly mentioned. What is your take on these safety concerns that are now emerging? Yes, there have been various safety concerns uh, expressed, uh, and also people have been uh, making fun of the fact that the submersible was controlled by a PlayStation joystick. I'm less concerned about that, but the bigger concern is obviously the structural integrity of the submersible, and whether a carbon uh, material and composite material is strong enough to withstand this. Back in 2018, there was a, a letter from an institute of engineering that, that put forward and raised their concerns. Um, the Ocean Gate group uh, believed otherwise. They believed it should be able to withstand these enormous pressures. So if that was the case before, why is that the case not now? Because funding does not seem to be a concern. One ticket to get inside that submissible cost $250,000. So where was the shortcoming? Well, there's been a lot of, there will be a lot of speculations now. Uh, should there be more uh, regulation in this field? Um, because it's a little bit in a legal vacuum, if you like. Interestingly enough, when Titanic sank and, uh, and the whole investigation ensued afterwards, that led to um, uh, new regulations coming into place on, um, on, on big cruise ships. There needs to be a minimum amount of uh, safety uh, safety boats on board, etc. And that was a direct effect of uh, Titanic. It's quite possible that this accident will lead to further regulations within private uh, uh, soft sea um, emissions, etc. Uh, that's, a, that's a quite likely outcome because we're a little bit in a legal vacuum uh, here, if you like, uh, because there's no rules that regulates for international waters and private submarines. It's interesting you're calling it an illegal vacuum. Now, this incident has gained traction across the globe, of course. Even after the search operation has ended now, there are still more questions than answers. Do you expect any kind of formal probe to follow? Absolutely. There will be uh, an extensive investigation that's going to take place here, and that investigation will take, will take years and years. For now, they're just mapping out what has happened, uh, taking pictures, taking note of where the debris has fallen so that they have all the facts right. But this will be an investigation that will be going for years and years. Quite possibly there will also be lawsuits coming out of it, etc. So um, that's going to be a lot of, of investigations and clever people who will be examining that. And then obviously lessons to be learned. And I think maybe one of the lessons to be learned is, is here, don't use uh, composite material for deep sea diving. It's
first thing, it imploded. Um, so, um, uh, but let's see what the investigation brings up, but maybe not a good idea to build out a composite material. Right, Fenris now often said that we know more about the space than the deep oceans. What is your take on these kind of expeditions into deep sea? Of course, it has its own risk. It's extremely risky, to say the least. But what is your take on it? Yes, the, the deep sea ocean floor is, is basically unexplored. It's, it's only very, very little we know about it. There are about 10 submersibles in the whole world that can go as deep as Titanic. So very few vehicles actually is available for that. And in terms of number of people, uh, it's less than number, uh, 200 people who have ever been to the Titanic. Whereas if you look at space, uh, it's less than 600 people who have ever been into space. So in, in, in one way or another, the space is a little bit more, better understood, certainly bigger, better regulated when it comes to rockets, etc. So the deep sea is, is a little bit the new frontier and it does require more regulation, does require more exploration. That's what we need to do as humankind, find out what's going on down there, learn more about the fish um, and, and, the, and the various dynamics. Uh, we don't know very much at this point in time, below a thousand meters. All right, thank you for getting us all those insights there, Williams from London. It was a delight speaking to you. A great pleasure. An ROV, a remote operated vehicle from the vessel Horizon Arctic, discovered the tail cone of the Titan submersible approximately 1,600 feet from the bow of the Titanic on the seafloor. The ROV subsequently found additional debris. In consultation with experts from within the Unified Command, the debris is consistent with the catastrophic loss of the pressure chamber. Those who perished include British billionaire and explorer Hamish Harding, Pakistani-born business magnate Shahzada Dawood, and his 19-year-old son Suleiman, French oceanographer Paul-Henri Nargelet and Stockton Rush, the American founder and chief executive of Ocean Gate Expeditions, the company behind the sub. This was a uh, incredibly uh, complex uh, case, uh, and we're still working to develop the details uh, for the timeline involved uh, with uh, this casualty. The Titan had set off Sunday with 96 hours worth of oxygen, according to OceanGate, in what was expected to be a two-hour dive to the Titanic. But upon its descent, the sub lost contact with its support ship. Rescue teams from several countries had spent days searching thousands of square miles of open seas with planes and ships for any sign of the 22-foot vessel. Hopes had been lifted when Canadian search planes using sonar buoys recorded undersea noises they described as banging sounds. But Mauger dismissed the idea that the noises came from the Titan. There doesn't appear to be any uh, connection between uh, the noises and uh, uh, the location uh, on the seafloor. Again, uh, this uh, was a uh, catastrophic uh, implosion of the vessel, which would have generated uh, a significant broadband sound uh, down there that uh, the sonar buoys would have picked up. Chris Brown, a friend of victim Hamish Harding, said he bowed out of the adventure due to safety concerns. 
parts of the submarine that I've seen in the testing in the Bahamas just seemed a bit shoddy. They're using industrial piping for ballast. Um, they, they're using an Xbox controller for, for the steering. They flatly refused to get any form of certification. Questions about the Titan's safety were raised in 2018 during a symposium of submersible industry experts and in a lawsuit filed by OceanGate's former head of marine operations, which was settled later that year. OceanGate Expedition said in a statement, our hearts are with these five souls and every member of their families during this tragic time. Now for more on this, we're now being joined live by, uh, from Washington, D.C. by Professor James Bellingham, a renowned marine biologist. Sir, welcome back to the broadcast with us. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. Although uh, I wish we were under better circumstances. Absolutely, sir. Now, we discussed this yesterday as well, and an implosion is something that you had taken us through. Now, just for better understanding here, what is an implosion and what could have caused it? Well, what... Um, what happens uh, when you when you descend into the ocean inside a pressure vessel is uh, the water that you descend through uh, is building up pressure around you as you get deeper and deeper. So uh, for approximately every 10 meters you descend into the ocean, uh, you develop another uh, level of pressure equivalent to the uh, what we would call one atmosphere, the atmos uh, the pressure of atmosphere uh, at uh, at sea level. So by the time you reach a depth of 3,800 meters, uh, you are uh, you are surrounded by this pressure of 380 atmospheres, which is uh, approximately. 5,400 pounds per square inch. So uh, that's a very am large amount of pressure pushing in on that pressure vessel at any given point. And so pressure vessels are designed uh, to be uh, you know, very uh, spherical and cylindrical in order to distribute all of those stresses evenly through the, through the material of the pressure vessel. And uh, that's how they succeed in, uh, in uh, retaining their integrity down to great depths. Uh, professor, now this is, uh, we believe it's not the first time that this submersible was used for a deep sea, you know, uh, investigation or any kind of visit to the wreckage of the Titanic. What went wrong this time and was there something to do with the material that is used to build it, like carbon fiber and titanium hull is what we researched and found out. And mm -hmm. there are, uh, you know, comments on the fact that this material should not have been used for a submarine used for these kind of purposes. So what happened? What went wrong this time? Well, so this vehicle had a cylindrical uh, midsection, which was made of carbon fiber composite. Uh, and then it had end bells, these spherical end bells, uh, or hemispherical end bells uh, that were made of titanium. Uh, and in fact, the forward titanium uh, end bell had a uh, had a uh, viewport uh, built into it, that large viewport that you see in the pictures of the submersible. So these are, there's a series of challenges associated with using these various materials together. So titanium is extensively used in the deep sea environment and vehicles which uh, go much deeper in the ocean 
than this vehicle was rated for. This vehicle was rated for 4,000 meters, uh, just a few hundred meters deeper uh, than the depth at which the Titanic lies. Uh, so, so titanium is a well-understood material for building uh, for building pressure vessels and uh, for use in the ocean. Uh, the carbon fiber composite is a bit of a different, uh, unusual, a more unusual uh, material to use in the ocean. Um, there's a couple of challenges with it. Uh, one of the challenges has to do with the fact that. Uh, it, it, carbon fiber, even in composite form, tends to work uh, much better under uh, internal pressure. So if you were to use it for a scuba tank where you try to put a lot of it, so you had a high pressure on the inside rather than the outside. On the outside, uh, when you have pressure on the outside, you have to make it, make it thicker. Now, it's still a lighter material uh, than titanium, which is why they used it. It allows you to carry uh, more payload. Uh, into the ocean, and so for them that was a critical thing since they wanted to be able to carry five passengers. One of the big challenges with any material that you're going to use, uh, whether it's in a submarine or an airplane, any place where the strength is really critical, is you have to worry about its characteristics not just for that first test when you put it in a pressure vessel or you go to the um, test depth uh, that it's designed for in, in the ocean, but you have to worry about how that particular uh, uh, part of the vehicle is going to deteriorate with time uh, as you encounter the rough and tumble of operations and see perhaps uh, in rough ocean conditions, perhaps it get banged against the side of the hull at some point. And in just in general, in the general wear and tear of being exposed to uh, the sea air. Professor Wellman, well, thank you so much for joining us on this broadcast yet again or with your inputs on this. You're very welcome. The search for Ocean Gate's Titan submersible has come to a very unfortunate conclusion. The U.S. Coast Guard said that the underwater craft, which was used for a voyage to the shipwreck of the Titanic, met with an implosion and was found in pieces very close to the Titanic shipwreck itself. All five passengers on board have lost their lives. More in our next report. Some winner winners are winning free chicken dinners for a year. So download and play. Our other top story tonight, a four-day mystery comes to a tragic end. Everyone on board, the Titan submersible, is assumed dead. The Coast Guard announcing that the vessel likely imploded on its way down to view the wreckage of the Titanic. The sub was operated by Everett-based company OceanGate. And now the safety and design of the experimental sub is being called into question. The CEO of OceanGate talked about the quality of the sub with Fox 13 back in 2020, telling us back then that their early design, quote, didn't have the safety to carry passengers. Fox 13's Jennifer Dowling is taking a closer look into those comments and why it may offer clues about what may have happened to the submersible. Jennifer. In hindsight, some of those statements that he made during that interview are chilling. The CEO suggested that early in the design process, durability was an issue. The first hull had enough to go a couple of times, but didn't have the safety we, we needed to, to take people.
OceanGate CEO Stockton Rush said safety was an early concern when Fox 13 interviewed him a couple years ago about the Titan. We actually have uh, contracted with Boeing for some of the early design work on uh, uh, on Titan, our uh, 4,000 meter, you know, 14,000 foot capable sub. After talking with numerous defense contractors, Rush said they sidetracked with a small California company. He had some experience in uh, using a less expensive uh, carbon fiber manufacturing technology. Um, we made our last call with that. Rush told us he took the early sub to 4,000 meters alone before bringing others. Took four people down to 3,700 meters, and then, uh, it, as can happen with composites, it was clear that the hull was starting to degrade. By 2020, he said quality improved. It was not the quality we needed, uh, and now we have gone and worked with NASA um, and uh, some local companies, uh, Electro Impact, uh, Janicki uh, up north, uh, to use aerospace grade uh, manufacturing processes. And so, uh, very confident that the uh, new hull, uh, the new carbon fiber piece, we're going to mate it to our titanium, existing titanium pieces, and then we'll have a hull that has the durability to go back year after year. I reached out to those Rush cited as working with OceanGate. Boeing said it was, quote, not a partner on the Titan and did not design or build it. Meantime, NASA said its, quote, Marshall Space Flight Center had a Space Act agreement with OceanGate and consulted on materials and manufacturing processes for the submersible. NASA did not conduct testing and manufacturing via its workforce or facilities, which were done at OceanGate. Electro Impact said, we extend our deepest sympathies to the families and loved ones of the individuals who tragically lost their lives on the Titan. All of this has many asking, was there some kind of a design flaw that ultimately led to the implosion of the submersible? If you look at, say, Alvin or James Cameron's sub or Victor Vescovo, who just went to the Mariana Trench, that was a purpose-built, those are purpose-built vehicles of just get me down there. Director James Cameron has done multiple dives to the Titanic. He said many in the community were concerned about the Titan being too experimental. If that's your sole goal is to achieve the greatest depth, then you go with the sphere, and everyone tends to go with known materials like titanium. What we needed was something that had the space to, to really get an interaction and a different experience for people, and that's that ends up being a cylinder. In the past, Rush has also cited working with UW. We reached out to the University's Applied Physics Lab, and they tell us that they provided some engineering services between 2013 and 2020, helping with shallow diving and the creation of a different steel-hulled submersible called Cyclops. It went on to say, quote, the university's and laboratory's engineering partnership with OceanGate ended with completion of the shallow water vessel Cyclops, which served as a test platform for OceanGate since 2015 because APL UW expertise involved only shallow water implementation. The laboratory was not involved in the design, engineering, or testing of the Titan submersible used in the RMS Titanic expedition. We also reached out to Janaki, another company that Rush said had helped OceanGate work on the Titan, and we're waiting to hear back. Jennifer Dowling, Fox 13 News. Well, the tireless search for five people aboard the Titanic submersible comes to a tragic end. The Coast Guard announcing there was a catastrophic implosion that killed everyone on the vessel. Officials say the disaster likely happened one hour and 45 minutes into the trip down the ship, uh, down to the shipwreck. All five victims died instantly. When you were talking about pressures down there, that'll crush you. It's like being in a hydraulic press times a billion. So there was no pain, no suffering. 
The U.S. Navy now reporting they detected audio consistent with an implosion days ago in the same area where the Titan went missing. The Coast Guard says they will continue searching for clues, more clues, as they try to piece together a detailed timeline of what happened.